0: the fire within podcast you need a sustainable plan the right mindset and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within just like the phoenix you can burn your old habits never turn back and emerge completely anew there are no shortcuts
1: welcome fire within community this is the fire within podcast where we talk about all things health
0: fitness and nutrition related i'm your host brandon with my co-host joe hello What up, Joe? I I am dealing with pollen and allergies, and in this current environment that we live in here, every time I sneeze, I feel like people look at me like, do you got it? Do you have COVID?
1: You have the (laughs) vid."
0: I even had a guy, I sneezed and he looked at me and I was like, it's allergies, and he was like, "Uh uh-huh, you're infected.
1: (laughs) You're like typhoid Mary. Yeah, that's perfect for today's uh, topic. So we have a great guest today all the way from Brighton, England. Her name is Jane Reynolds. She's an osteopath and she specializes in chronic illness and a natural cure for long COVID. And we're so glad to have you. Welcome, Jane.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Great to be here. So tell us a little bit more in, in your own words about yourself and what you do. I was an osteopath and I'm... Um
2: an osteopath treating sometimes everything that comes through the door. Osteopaths bit like chiropractors. We don't specialize necessarily. We just treat anybody, whatever somebody brings in. And quite a few patients over the 25 years I've been an osteopath have the most desperate of all the patients, in fact, are the ones that have a chronic illness that nobody understands, that nobody else can treat. They've been through the whole medical profession and they've got absolutely nowhere because nobody understands their condition. And those are people who have conditions like chronic fatigue syndrome, post-viral syndrome, ME, uh, which is similar, miss, a poorly understood condition, but people can be in wheelchairs from that. And they're conditions which often result from having had a virus at some point in your life. And... At the time, you may not have known that you were going to go on to develop it. Some people will get a condition like that immediately after a virus. Other people, they might harbor that virus for a long time because we are discovering that viruses don't necessarily leave the body after the acute infection. And then a life event such as a divorce or death in the family being made redundant could then spark the feeling of a new infection, which actually is an old infection, which is just resurfaced. And so I was treating a lot of people like that who were very desperate. People who, when you touch them, everything hurt. That's a condition called fibromyalgia, which is another one like it. And then I got COVID and I was flattened for a while and tried to go back to work, but couldn't. And I decided to make lemonade out of lemons, which is something I've always tried to do. While I was lying there sick as a dog in bed for nine, I decided to look into what long COVID was, or in America you call it long haul COVID. And um, somehow you found me and that's who I am and why I'm here. So I won't say any more because I'm sure you've got some really interesting questions for me.
0: Yeah. What is the number of people who get COVID that have long COVID? Because if you look online, I see anything from 5% on NPR to 40% on WebMD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same in America as in the UK,
2: but I assume it will be. And we have 2 million minimum people here diagnosed with long COVID. And we have, I think, let's say for the sake of argument, 70 million people living here. That's, do the math, but that's, what is that? Can someone do the math? Because I'm really bad at multitasking. What's 2 million out of 70 million? Like
1: three and a half
2: percent or something.
0: Million, yeah, that sounds
2: about it's right. It's a lot. Yeah, it's have
1: a- of the threes, three percent-ish.
2: Yes, yeah. but I have uh, the last two articles that I've read, scholarly articles, have suggested that it's it's a quarter. Oh wow! And one in four. Yeah. You see, uh, originally the definition of long COVID was somebody that had symptoms for more than three months after the initial infection, but that's now changing because we are two years after. Some people had long uh, had COVID and they've still got long COVID. So as the years go by, the definition of long-haul COVID will change.
1: We're oh, still trying the, to figure out what the actual damage is long-haul. Yeah.
0: We don't actually know yet. What are the symptoms of long-haul COVID, people that you're seeing? Yeah. So
1: they're very
2: similar to the symptoms of other post-viral illnesses, except that in, they involve the lungs as well. So you get a lot of post viral syndromes where fatigue is the main symptom, and it knocks you for six. It's not like you're feeling tired. It's you can't move. It's like your body feels full of sand. It's if somebody put five thousand dollars on the pavement outside, you'd have to think hard before you got up and went and got it. And when I when I cured myself of long COVID, it felt as though. I, my body had been full of sand and had been held down by brick to the ground and that, that lifted. So that's the main symptom. But the second most sim- common symptom is dysautonomia, which is a bit of a mouthful, I know, and it just means disordered nervous system. And what's happening is that the virus is infecting the nerves at the base of the brain at the top of the neck where it meets the skull. And there's a huge complex of nerves there. And one of them is called the vagus nerve. Vagus baby? Vagus baby. No, because that's got an E in it. There's <laughs> so a W in it. it. Yeah. There's a just- Latin word, which is a the great wanderer, it's known as. And the most, second most common symptom after fatigue is all sorts of weird neurological symptoms that you can't explain. Yeah. Like, Like dizziness, vertigo, palpitations, heart racing, so heart rate going massively up and then massively down, blood pressure going up and down,
1: a feeling of fullness in the head. Taking a step back and talking about this vagus nerve some uh, more. So I know it goes from the the gut to the brain and there's a gut-brain connection with that as well. And something we've talked a lot about our show is how food interacts with that because lectin protein and wheat grain and corn can travel up the vagus nerve and affect memory and Alzheimer's and dementia and all that type of stuff as well. So that's interesting, the connection with COVID and that dysautonomia you mentioned as well. So I just thought it'd be cool to talk a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, so I love what you say about the gut. I think that, yes, everything starts in the gut. Or when you're looking for the cause of something, always start with the gut. And I do agree with that. However, it's pretty difficult to do a biopsy of a human gut when they're alive to prove whether or not COVID has migrated to the gut in people with long COVID. What they have found is that it has been detected in the lungs, detected in the heart. This is during operations, surgical procedures, and detected in the nerves. I'm not actually aware whether it's been detected in the gut. But I think that there's two categories of people who catch COVID. One catches it through the nose and the other catches it through the mouth. If you catch it through the nose, it's going to affect the nerves at the base of the nasal passages, basically. If you catch it through the mouth, it's going to go straight into the gut. And I think that The people who get uh, gut infection, gut symptoms, gastrointestinal symptoms during the acute infection, quite possibly caught it through the gut. And then they've got live COVID virus growing in their guts. So the way we would deal with that would be the same way as we would deal with any kind of um, infection or infestation in the gut. And that is to go at it with antivirals.
1: Yeah. Now, you'd mentioned some uh, Oxford research that came about with COVID and long COVID. Can you talk a little bit about what you found with that?
2: Yeah. So Oxford University in England has a huge research budget and a center called the Biomedical Center, Biomedical Research Center, sorry, in Oxford decided to look at the lungs of Uh, long COVID sufferers, both acute and long COVID sufferers, both acute, as in their acute infection and long COVID. And they found that the longer that somebody had COVID, the more damage was done to the lungs. This was people who'd been to their primary healthcare officials and had been told to have, uh, and had scans, uh, x-rays and tests, and had been told that their lungs were normal. They had been told that their lung function was normal they'd been told that the lung structure was normal. But actually, with this new technology which uses xenon gas, so it pumps gas into your lungs and then scans it, it was able to show that the alveoli, which is where you transfer oxygen and carbon dioxide from the air that you breathe, were blocked. And people were unable to absorb oxygen and they were, as as well and they were unable to buy a carbon dioxide so basically they were living in a very low level state when it came to the gases that they were able to consume and exhale and that's horrible but brilliant in that they would have been told that they had perfect lungs so it's now understood that to be f- completely frank they didn't find one long hauler That is someone with long COVID that didn't have lung damage. So I'm afraid to say that long haul COVID means you've got lung damage.
1: Now, is there a way
2: to repair this? The body heals itself. That's what my course is called. That's what my movement is called. I want people to be less afraid of themselves, less afraid of their bodies, less afraid of the diseases that are attacking them and be more comfortable and confident in their own bodies that they have everything it takes to heal themselves so long as they give themselves the right environment. And of course, we don't know anymore what the right environment is. Human beings are the only people that live indoors, only animals that live indoors with artificial light. We, can you ask the question again? It's it's my brain fog, which is 99% gone, but
1: trying to, so you've came up with uh, kind of a, a step-by-step guide for people to heal their body and at least improve their situation with long COVID. Can you walk us through those steps and, and what some of those things are?
2: Yeah. If somebody wants to go to the doctor, let me just say, go to the doctor. And we all need doctors at different times in our lives. There is nothing but the doctor. They save lives every day, all day. But... If you're sitting and waiting for a medical cure for long COVID, you're going to be waiting a long time. When it comes, try it. I'm all for that. But what do you do in the meantime? What do we do in the meantime? What we do is we try to heal ourselves. I can't tell you that if you do my program, you will 100% heal yourselves from long COVID. But I can tell you that I did. And I can tell you that every single person on the program is getting better. When I have someone who is 100% better, I will tell the world and I'll tell Brandon and we'll do another podcast. But for now, all I can tell you is you'll start to get better pretty quick. And yes, it's all about, it all starts by understanding what COVID does in the body. So let's ask, what does COVID do to the body? COVID, first of all, it infects your nose and your throat. And then it goes down into your lungs and probably into the heart. And probably. Into the, so what do we do about that? We have to look at it as though it was any other virus. ME and Epstein-Barr and other viruses in the past have gone to the brain. In fact, the flu virus infects the brain in a large number of people. And it's been detected in the brain, in people with flu at the time during surgical procedures. It's not the first virus to infect the brain. So what would you do if it was flu? You need to get the lungs And uh, you need to do two things. You need to get your lungs working so that you can get more oxygen, nitric oxide, and carbon dioxide into the brain. And you need to deliberately increase those gases and breathe them up into the brain so that you're like in the Wim Hof breathing, you are breathing into your head. And we do
1: that in the program. We breathe into our heads. Most of my listeners probably aren't familiar with Wim Hof breathing. I am, but let's hear from you. Uh, what is Wim Hof breathing and why is it beneficial?
2: Wim Hof is a Dutch man who for a long time people dismissed. And, but he scientifically showed in experiments in universities and hospitals around Europe that him and his students, if they do a particular breathing technique, can resist infection. So he had himself and eight of his students lying in hospital bed and he was injected with E. coli directly into his bloodstream. And there was another eight people who weren't doing the Wim Hof. They all got sick with E. coli. None of his students or him even showed an immune reaction. The, the, The E. coli bacteria couldn't even lodge for long enough in the bloodstream for the immune reaction to have time for an immune reaction it was excreted. Incredible. He is known as the Iceman. So you want to look up Iceman. There's now a TV program that's made about him, but there's also going to be a Hollywood film made about him. So his moment of fame has come, but I've been following him for decades. His breathing technique involves deep inhalations through the nose and out through the nose or mouth for a sustained period of time and during that time you start to feel high dizzy hot and possibly very emotional and stored emotions will start to surface after a while you think you've inhaled so much oxygen that you don't need to inhale any more oxygen for a certain amount of time so you then blow out and hold your breath and he's been uh, his students can hold their breath for a minimum of 2 2 minutes maximum 18 to 20 minutes because you don't actually need to breathe. If you've breathed in enough gases, you don't need to breathe anymore. And this is evolved in preparation for being underwater, going underwater, because we actually evolved around water and. We de- we, we depended on the water for our food. And so to be able to breathe, to be able to go underwater for a long time was greatly beneficial in the evolutionary process and divers train in Wim Hof breathing.
1: Yeah. I'm sure military too, and, and Navy SEALs and all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah. And I was, I went on a yoga retreat last summer and somebody asked us to do something similar to Wim Hof and I could hold my breath for two and a half minutes, whereas all the others had already breathed in after one. And I said to the guy who was holding it, why can I do that? And he said, well, have you practiced? And I went, oh yeah, of course. Wim Hof. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, now when you breathe in through the nose, doesn't it trigger uh, like a parasympathetic response? It It, it turns... What, what is happening in the body? Why is it more important to breathe the nose than through the mouth? What's the difference?
2: Nitric oxide, NO, is a gas that we produce in the nasal sinuses just above the nose where it meets the brain. And it is a natural immune gas. It has a powerful immune effect and it's part of the immune system. And we don't know about it. When you go out into a supermarket full of covid If you just breathe in through the nose and cover your mouth or wear a mask, the chances are lower that you'll contract COVID because you are shielding yourself, your brain, your body through the nose with nitric oxide just through breathing through the nose. So it massively increases that and that is a vasodilator as well as an immune gas. So it will dilate the blood vessels to the brain and throughout the body. So there's various kinds of nitric oxide, but I'm talking about nasal nitric oxide. Secondly, no, that's the main reason, to be honest. The parasympathetic stimulation that you're referring to is more to do with doing it slowly. It's not to do with the fact that it's the nose. It's to do with the, the rate at which you're breathing. If you're breathing fast, the body thinks there's something wrong. If you're breathing slow, the body goes, hey, let's have a party.
1: Because that's, it loves it. That's, uh, that's an interesting point. Calm. Now, it's an interesting point that I don't think is talked about enough is that tempo and what that has to do with whether or not something is helpful for stress relief or not. But so that slower rate is what triggers that par- parasympathetic response and helps the body turn off fight or flight. That's
2: exactly right. It's the rate of breathing. Shallow breathing also doesn't help, and that tends to go with rapid breathing. So in the program and in all breathwork courses, they will train you to belly breathe. If you belly breathe after COVID infection, you're really doing yourself a big favor because a lot of post-COVID sufferers or long haulers have unfortunately started to breathe rather shallowly and from the upper chest. And that's because they had infected lungs. So the body had to breathe like that. So we need to retrain our breath as long haulers. And that's a big part of the program. And in the Mount Sinai Hospital, long COVID clinics around America, if you go to a, a long COVID clinic in America now, which is just starting up, you will be taught to breathe, retrain your breath. So that's a big part of it.
1: Awesome. So what's the next step in your, in your plan?
2: So we have the vagus nerve, which we've touched on already. We're stuck in fight or flight. A long hauler is in fight or flight. I say to people two things. I say long COVID is COVID and I say long COVID is fight or flight. Everyone who's got long COVID is in a state of fight or flight. And even if they were to be meditating, they're still in a state of fight or flight because their body is fighting a virus and anybody who's fighting a virus is in fight or flight because the nerves are infected and inflamed. When you're talking about something as hideous as COVID, a super virus, it's now known as, as COVID. So, those, so what do you do about it? And this is what hundreds of people write to me all the time. What do I do about it? So I've put together three, or four different vagus nerve exercises, but you can't just do one and expect to get better. You're going to have to do one a day until you're better. You need to reset your nervous system. Also, you want to chant. Now that makes me sound like a hippie and I promise I'm not a hippie and I promise I don't chant, not in public anyway, but you might find me chanting secretly on my own because that produces... Oscillations at the back of the throat and nose, which stimulates the production of nitric oxide, the huge vasodilatory gas I was talking about, and it stimulates the vagus nerve. Well,
1: that's funny because <laughs> I always harass my wife with playing Mongolian throat singing, but we do know that <laughs> Mongolian throat singing, because of those low tones and low pitches, does stimulate the vagus nerve. Isn't
2: it amazing that uh, all over the world, all throughout history, tribes, ancient cultures hummed, chanted, and breathes deeply through the nose. Uh, Yoga is all about deep breathing through the nose. And I'm here trying to tell people to do things that we human beings have been doing for millennia and we've forgotten. And no wonder we're all getting sick. No wonder there's a pandemic.
0: Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe. So, why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So, visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook read the testimonials, and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle.
1: Now, me and Joe did chest day the other day, so we could do a chant, I must, I must, I must increase my bust. What kind of chanting are you talking about? I'm just being silly, but what? what um, is there verbatim okay. you're using?
2: So I must increase my bust is a, uh fight or flight all, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just if no, my bust isn't good enough, I must do something about <laughs> it. You want to be the absolute opposite of that. You want to be at one with yourself. And that means being at one with your long COVID. And the moment you start to sit with it and you realize it's you, it's you that has the long COVID. You start to shift in your relationship with that long COVID and stop seeing it as something out there, which is attacking you. Start to understand that it's inside you and it's attacking you from within. And then you can start dealing with your internal processes and actually fight it and actually get rid of it. So humming, chanting has to be done from a place of ease. So you just smile. Smiling is super great. That also stimulates the vagus nerve because it's the vagus nerve, funnily enough, that controls our facial expressions. And the vagus nerve, which is stimulated by social interactions, having fun, playing music, dancing, all sorts of lovely things uh, stimulate the vagus nerve. So in order to stimulate the vagus nerve, you want to be happy, be relaxed. And by the hum, mm, I didn't practice that, so that sounded really bad. You could chant, and I think you can
1: chant for us, Brandon. Show us a chant. (laughs) I haven't the slightest idea. I don't know that I've chanted before. You could try. I must. must. (laughs) How's that? Oh, yeah, Mongolian throat sing. Now I got it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's stimulating the vagus nerve, and you are stimulating your nitric oxide, which is the most powerful antiviral gas that you produce, guess what? They're putting it in the incubators in the main hospitals in America. If you're in a critical COVID state, you will have nitric oxide mixed into your oxygen. If you're in a less acute stage and you're not in ICU, you will have nitric oxide pumped into your nitrogen too, but less in less intense there's nothing woo-woo-wah-wah about this. I don't know why we're not being told.
1: Yeah, um, yeah it does make a difference. Actually, I think there are measurable results that are provable in a lab with metrics and blood work and all kinds of stuff.
0: So it does make a difference. There is, I think some of the connotations for being woo-woo about it come from the idea that it's a 100% spiritual practice as opposed to it actually doing something scientifically in your body. Like you don't often hear people talk about breathing techniques and things like that. From the standpoint of this is exactly what's going on in your body. And this is how it's stimulating your body with the things that it needs to expel viruses and to get past sickness. It's often wrapped in a container of a spiritual practice only. And I think that's probably why it has so much connotation with being so woo woo If your doctor, you went to your doctor and they're like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to breathe for five minutes. It would feel different. Then downloading like the Calm app and somebody saying, do you want to achieve peace from your anxiety? Breathe for five minutes. But it's never anything you really hear the medical profession highlight as a way to treat something. But you do hear people say that it's helpful. Yeah. But you never really see it as a prescription. In,
2: we got, we're witnessing a seismic shift in medicine and I think it'll un- unfold over the last 10 years. Particularly if I'm right and the cure for long COVID is vagus nerve exercises and breathing techniques. <clears throat> because I have a client in my program who is going to the long COVID clinic at the Mount Sinai Hospital in New York and has been told it is your vagus nerve.
0: Yeah. Is it and possible that it's this it's a similar fix for the other like long term virus things that yes. you mentioned as well? Like fibromyalgia it's it have it. To be. It's going to have to be, but look, the the symptoms are different.
2: The symptoms that are affecting people that have had COVID are these kind of rapid changes in heart rate and blood pressure, um, sweating, being unable to control their temperature, gut stuff. That's all vagus nerve. So it is changing because the NHS, that is the health system that's free in, in the UK, which most people use. Is also telling you that you must do breath work, and so is the the Mount Sinai Hospital for new, for long COVID in New York. They are the leaders in the research for long COVID. So, if it's true, that when you go to see your doctor now, in if you have long COVID, you're being told to breathe and do exercises on the vagus nerve, which is what I've been saying for two years. Then we have to be witnessing a shift, or we will have to witness a shift.
1: Yeah. I smell a show title. I think it is going to be Vegas, baby. but uh, V-A-G.
2: <laughs> no, I like your title there. The title of your podcast is great. What is it? In a fire? The fire within nutrition. Is oh, yes, that podcast. is so how you're going to get rid of long COVID. Okay. That is so how you're going to get rid of illness is the fire within is what I'm talking about. But we don't have quite enough fire within. So we need to get outside into the sun. And that's another thing I say on that my- That's the next step. One of the other things is you've got to get some infrared light. Infrared light is pure godsend for viruses. Viruses hate it. They can't survive in it. So you want to get 15 minutes infrared light every day. That means getting out into the morning sun. And if there's no sun, you buy yourself a infrared lamp, which are relatively inexpensive and available on Amazon. And you sit in front of that for 15 minutes instead. You also need to get sweaty. Long haulers can't exercise. It's a terrible situation for them, but they suffer from something called post-exercise malaise or post-exertional malaise. And that is that you think, you know what, I'm going to do something to see if it makes me better. So you go for a five mile walk and you're at three miles and you feel okay. So you do another mile and then you go, oh, and then you get home and you say, I'm all right. You wake up the next day, you can't move. It's called post-exertional malaise. And unfortunately, long-haulers can't exercise. Yeah. So what i say to them is, get out into a forest or a park, breathe in those phytoncides, which are naturally antiviral oils in trees and plants, and get some sunshine. That's the best you can do for yourself. And it's all antiviral.
0: Yeah. Why is it important to sweat? Does that help? toxins expel. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's been proven by analysis of sweat that some particles of viruses certainly are excreted in sweat, the spike protein being one of them. So we do excrete more that some people say, I don't need to go into a sauna. I don't need to do that because I pee out my toxins and I poo out my toxins. You don't pee or poo out as many toxins as if you pee, poo, and do a sauna. You'll pee out more toxins. You'll eliminate more toxins.
1: There's been some interesting research back and forth on the purpose of undergoing a fever and the body sweating when you're sick. And it might be problematic for some to immediately eliminate that fever because that's part of your body's natural way of getting rid of illness. But of course, if it gets too high, I'm sure it becomes pretty dangerous. But that's interesting. And I wonder what the tie-in with sweating, how the sweat glands work and that toxin elimination process is. And it begs the question, how much of a good idea is it to take fever reducers?
2: A bad one. The body, particularly the inflammatory system in the body tends to overreact. When you sprain your ankle and your ankle blows up the size of a football for Half a day. It doesn't need to blow up that much. It doesn't really know how much it should blow up, so it just goes, "Hey, let's just throw everything at this." So it's okay to take the edge off with an anti-inflammatory at the time, ibuprofen or whatever. You're not going to stop the healing process because the body's overdone it. Yeah. So same with a fever. The body can go over the top with a fever. It can be dangerous to have a fever. So if you've got COVID or long COVID, sweat. Keep an eye on your temperature. Don't go over. The 39. Take a paracetamol, but for God's sake, don't take one straight away. That's evolved in you as an antiviral system to heal you. So try and swear. Yep.
1: So we've got the Wim Hof breathing, which is slow breathing through the nose. We've got vagus nerve stimulations, such as through chanting. We've got sunlight. And infrared.
0: What's the difference between an infrared bulb and a traditional bulb? When you mentioned sitting under an infrared bulb, Is it just red or is there something special about an infrared? It
2: emits infrared light.
0: So just red light's not the same as infrared light. So I can't paint a light bulb red and get the same effect.
2: (laughs) No, if you look at the spectrum of light, there's a rainbow, isn't there? Yep, yep. And the red in the rainbow is infrared. It's not red, it's infrared. And it's antiviral light. And it's emitted... Uh, in greater proportions in the morning, then as the sun gets higher in the sky, you get more UV light, which is much less antiviral. And in fact, in high doses can be quite bad for you. Yeah. So the infrared lamps, which are all the rage these days, emit the simulated infrared light as it would be if it was coming from the sun.
1: Yeah, and what is the technology that makes it different than a than a regular bulb? Is it ask a technologist? Yeah, maybe something to do with the uh, I'm sure the rep, the speed and repetition of the wavelengths of the light emitted. So not the color of the outside.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. In fact, the lamps aren't red. The bulbs aren't red.
1: Yeah. Now, no. now is there another step in in your program after the sunlight and the sweating? What would, is there another component?
2: Yeah, I haven't gone into the breathing with you. Suffice to say that we get it in the right order because you can't go straight to Wim Hof breathing from having COVID. It will send your autonomic nervous system mental. You need to go back to basics and work up your chest capacity, your lung capacity. You need to cough out. Mucus is trapped at the base of your lungs, which is something that I get people to do quite early on because they don't know it's there. You need to slow down your breathing first and calm your breathing. Learn to breathe through the belly and, sh- and calmly. In fact, the perfect breath is a silent breath. It, once you've learned to breathe calmly and quietly, we, we're o- only at the end would we go to the Wim Hof breathing, which is the last thing. Then we, we go to, uh, through the different kinds of breathing for the nasal nitric oxide that I talked about and yeah. the vagus nerve. Now, the one in, the module I hadn't talked at all talk about is the Perrin technique. And this is a form of lymphatic drainage, which you can do yourself, which is super powerful and was definitely involved in my healing process. Dr. Perrin is an osteopath. He developed this for the treatment of ME and other chronic diseases. Basically the lymphatic system is the system that we're looking at here. It's your waste system. It's the drain in your bath. It's the drain in your sink. And to get there and out of the drain, all the, don't know whether I can say, what I can say, what words I can use on your the podcast. There's but all of
1: them. The we, really, there you, yeah, but we have an explicit rating if we need to. We can put yeah. that on the episode. <laughs> we have any quarter-rich on, and we, we dropped all kinds of words. It was a good time.
2: Okay. Crap is probably very mild for your program then. It, it, we're going to drain out the crap. And the more you're fighting an infection, the more residue, the more crap you produce in that battle in the immune system. So I found, and Dr. Perrin found that the uh, lymphatic system, which you can ask me what it is if you want, is full of crap in people and it needs to be physically drained out of the system through manual lymphatic drainage techniques. And let me just quickly say, we're not just talking about the body, but the brain the brain has its lymphatic supply as well and it is the brains of long haulers the brain of post viral fatigue sufferers that are the most clogged up part of their bodies of all so we do lymphatic drainage techniques from the head and brain and it's actually very easy and not very tiring at all awesome do you want me to explain what the lymphatic system is or are you okay with that
1: yeah why not let's talk about uh, the it's my understanding it's the the body's way of draining and getting rid of toxins, getting into kidneys and liver for processing and eliminate from the body.
2: Yes. I'll send you a photo of the, the lymph vessels in the body, but they're beautiful and they wind themselves around the veins. So as blood, dirty blood comes back in the venous system, The crap is filtered out into the lymphatic vessels, which then take the crap up to places where it drains from the body, which are in the chest, and then it just goes out. So it's a beautiful system, um, which has its own vessels.
1: If you were going to tell somebody three things to do right now to improve their health, their life, whether it's because of chronic illness, maybe they don't have any illness at all, what are the top three things that you would tell somebody to improve their life?
2: To be mindful that, to stop being afraid and be mindful that you're a human being who's evolved to fight viruses. And this virus is, it's a real bad virus, yes, but it's a virus and we have many antiviral tools at our disposal. So don't be afraid because it puts you into more fight and flight. It exhausts you being afraid. So be, be what I don't want you to be is a long COVID warrior and not a long COVID
1: warrior. Trust yourself. That's a t-shirt. It should be. Yeah. Now <laughs> if somebody wanted to get in contact with you, your resources, this incredible course that you've put together, that's backed by research and everything else you've done as an osteopath, how would they find you? What's the name of the course website? contact information? What are those things? It's called the Antiviral
2: Life Program because it encourages people to live an antiviral life. So they eat antivirally, drink antivirally, live antivirally, and one day you wake up and you haven't got a virus anymore. And it also teaches them things that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. So You'd be less susceptible to catching COVID again if you do this program. Less susceptible to catching other viruses, bacteria, and parasites. So it's called the Antiviral Life Program.
1: Yeah. And then how do they find
2: it? They find it by going to the website, which is confusingly not called the Program.com. Sorry, guys. It's at the organization that's produced this course and is going to be producing many other courses in the future is called the long Haul lounge and that is because we're long haulers or i was a long hauler you are a long hauler and it's a lounge for you it's a place to hang out and be heard with other long haulers long haul- is, is that dot org dot so oh it yeah it's w dot the com, And you've got two little L's in the middle there. Long hall ends in an L and then lounge begins in an L. So you put both L's in and you get the longhallounge.com. And there you will find out all about the antiviral life program. I am aiming to get it as an app and Brandon will talk all about this maybe some other time, how getting an app can be quite a good way of making it easier for people to who are on a course just to do it from their mobile. And that's in the process at the moment. But for now, best to go just to the website, com.
1: Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, for sharing a way out for people experiencing long-haul COVID. And I think this is applicable to every one of our listeners, regardless of their health status, because it's also equipping them with the ability to fight off infection better in the future. So thank you so much for what you do and for coming on the show today.
2: Brilliant. It was great. And it's great that it's in the U.S. It makes me feel like I'm reaching
1: the world. Wonderful. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, you are. And hopefully we'll have you back on. And for our listeners, if you found anything valuable about this show or any other show we've done, it really helps us out to leave an Apple five-star review. That's how people find us to get other great information out to help people change their lives. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.